I gotta tell somebody. This is the best thing I've ever seen. That. Let's talk about that. Let's you talk need about this. That. Listen to this. Memorable and exciting. Well, then be less boring. I'm gonna tell everyone. Wait here. Quite a remarkable big daddy. Remarkable. Welcome to Remarkable, a podcast for B2B marketers that deconstructs the most iconic moments in film, television, pop culture, and advertising for a single purpose, to give you, the B2B marketer, the same storytelling techniques that the pros use. In each episode, you will learn techniques from Hollywood, Pixar, Marvel, and beyond, from Spielberg's hands to yours, bringing remarkable content ideas to you every single week. I'm Ian Faison, CEO of Caspian Studios. This is Remarkable. This week, we're talking about B2B marketing lessons from Hemingway's six-word story and how to use the economy of words in your marketing. All you have to do is write one true sentence. Write the truest sentence that you know. No, I was not prepared for this. That is Colin Stamps, our podcast launch manager here at Caspian Studios and our marketing aficionado. <laughs> okay, I'm going to stop now. That is Annika Das, B2B content marketing manager here at Caspian Studios. I heard about the six-word story in an English class where they had us try to write a full narrative in six words, which is actually pretty hard. That is Meredith O'Neill, our amazing producer extraordinaire for this show and many other shows at Caspian Studios. This style is attributed to Ernest Hemingway. This is Ernest Hemingway. Who's an American writer that many people probably know from writing The Old Man in the Sea, The Sun Also Rises, A Farewell to Arms, and many other stories. There's a story or really a legend that people say about Hemingway that he was having lunch at a restaurant called the Algonquin, which was known for having free thinkers and a writing circle uh, meet up and share ideas. Which has become almost a sacred place to those of us who know it. And he bet his writing friends, it was sometime in the 1920s, uh, he bet them $10 that he could write a full story in six words. And what he wrote, apparently on a napkin, was for sale, baby shoes never worn. So those six words. And he apparently won the bet. Um, and so in those six words, he's really telling the story of the tragic loss of a baby. But nobody can actually trace this, these six words really to Hemingway. It's more of a legend. So it might be apocryphal, but he did so much in those six words. So why the heck are we talking about it today? Well, I think that marketers need to know how to tell short stories. And specifically, we need to be able to tell six-word stories. And if you think about an email headline, if you think about, uh, you know, AdWords copy, if you think about uh, what you're going to put in your podcast uh, headline or a video snippet or whatever it is, we need to have that understanding of how to use brevity, how to use six words specifically, because that's a good way for us to say, okay, there's a limit, can't be shorter, can't be longer, has to be exactly six words. And I thought it was an interesting exercise for everyone on our team here today to go do and do ourselves and to think about and to try to study this idea of the six-word story. So, Dane, I'm curious, in the filmmaking world, 
How do you think about brevity? How do you think about things like the six word story? Well, in general, I think it's really funny that in, in 1920s, allegedly, this is, this is kind of when this whole Hemingway bet happened. And now somehow we've just come back around to brevity being more popular now than ever. I have spoken too long for a writer. A writer should write what he has to say and not speak it. Like, I feel like things like YouTube, where there's, of course, you can get long form stuff on YouTube and a lot of social media platforms. But I feel like YouTube is all about short snippets. Twitter, you have a limited number of characters that you can post. Even the Academy Awards, if we're talking about film, like the Academy Awards has a a short film section, which is crazy. Um, So I feel like in that sense, uh, yeah. Short, short form content, short form storytelling is probably more popular today than ever before, even though this anecdote that inspired the six word story was 100 years ago. So, of course, this is a legend that Ernest Hemingway wrote the six word story. And when people tried to trace it back, they found that it's most likely actually attributed to a literary agent named Peter Miller, who in 1974 wrote a book called Get Published, Get Produced, A Literary Agent's Tips on How to Sell Your Writing. Um, And that book was actually published in 1991, uh, though he wrote in 1974. Uh, And he said that he had gotten this story from a well-established newspaper syndicator uh, who had told him the story about Hemingway. So there's a lot of hearsay going on. And there was actually a... A 2012 investigation that actually really like looked into this um, for once and for all. Um, and they said that there's no actual evidence that attributes it to Hemingway. But it may have actually come from a real newspaper ad uh, that was written in 1906. And the newspaper ad was titled For Sale Baby Carriage Never Been Used. Um, so there was some like very sad evidence that they could find for the story Ladies and gentlemen, there is tragedy in all of this. Or it maybe came from a 1917 essay by somebody named William R. Kane, who um, wrote a story about a woman who lost her baby, and he titled it Little Shoes Never Worn. But there are a couple of things that made me think that there's a reason that this legend has persisted today. And one is that Ernest Hemingway was actually involved in the newspaper. So he was a journalist for a newspaper called The Star in 1917. And then he also worked for another newspaper called The Toronto Star in 1918. So he was writing for newspapers where, if you think about it, like there's only so much room on the front page or even in your column, right? So you have to use economy of words to fit everything in and have there be a comprehensive story within that that limited amount of space. Um, the other thing that made me think that maybe this could have been true or people believed it to be true is that Ernest Hemingway's writing style is very short. He has simple sentences. His writing is mostly nouns and verbs. There isn't a lot of descriptive writing like adverbs, adjectives. It's very unemotional. It's very stoic. It's very masculine. And that was his very unique way of writing. So that sort of style makes people think that maybe he did write it when in fact there's no true evidence tracing those six words back to Hemingway. We need to do like a a six word story for the fact that the six word story did not come from Hemingway. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Some meta uh, analysis here. It's so funny because like, how does something like this get so persuasive, right? It's like, how does so, how do so many people understand that this thing is from him and yet it's not necessarily true 
and yet, you know, we, we credit it to him. The book came to me in a sort of a haze. So looking at this from a marketing perspective, Colin, I'm curious, like, why do you think that marketers need to know how to do this? I think it's important for marketers because it, it forces you to put yourself in the shoes of someone who's reading the copy and really pick out the important pieces that will catch their attention. Like for sale, baby shoes never worn reminds me of when I was a kid, I used to sell sneakers on eBay and I'd have to come up with the description. And I got it down to a science where it was the type of shoe followed by the shoe size, followed by the condition. And that, that worked because that's what people cared about. They want to know what type of shoe, what size it is, if it's their size, and then what, if it is, what the condition is. So like, maybe that's what sparked my interest in marketing years later, but it, it really makes me think about that. And it does force you to put yourself on the other side and think like, if I were reading this, what would really capture my attention? And like, how can I tell that story in like the shortest way possible? For me, it was amazing to think about how you could put so many ideas and feelings into somebody's mind with the words that you're doing. And like, like that you can create action, that you can create drama, that you can create all this stuff in such a short amount of time. Like you can set the scene. Is it going to be in in underwater? Is it going to be in a desert? You know, you can have them feel the feelings of of like cold or harsh or alone or comfort or togetherness or all these things in such a short amount of time. And it was such an important exercise for me to think about that stuff because so often we don't think of those things when we write marketing copy. We don't think of where they are. And so he himself swims off into the sunset. Is it cold or not? We don't think of like, are they surrounded by family when they're reading this? Are they surrounded by friends? Are they sitting alone at their office? What are they doing? Like, those are all the things that um, make stories great and setting those scenes. And it's so hard to do that in six words. But if you do it right, it's great. And and I think that that's part of the thing that, you know, the most brilliant ad copy, they, they get a lot of that stuff right. But at the end of the day, like ad copy, uh, a lot of times is not a story. You know, it is just, you know, buy this thing uh, and there's no story there. And we're going to get into the kind of the differences between sort of just slogans and, that are stories versus slogans that are that are not stories. I think it's actually a testament to like the human imagination. The human mind is a lot stronger and smarter than people give it credit for. Like, it's so crazy how when you like the baby shoes, for example, it's six words, but your mind really fills in the blanks. I feel like so frequently it's it's just easy to say too much or over explain things or there's a little gap in silence and you're talking to folks, whether you're selling something or pitching something, it's, it's so easy to get caught up in ramble. The colonel is continuously drunk. But I feel like it just clearly with this as proof, it takes so little to inspire someone's imagination to like fill in the blanks or to latch on to what the essence of what you're trying to say is. I also think it's really interesting that right now, everyone has a, a platform with social media and everyone's talking and everyone has an opinion, which isn't a bad thing, but everyone's talking always and constantly saying stuff. And it's so interesting that like to now cut through the noise almost involves saying less to be different than everybody else. And this is just such a great sort of summary of that in action, which I just think is a really cool tool 
that now saying less would actually help you maybe stand out from the pack a little bit of people who say so much, maybe too much? I think the six words story when it comes to just like real life marketing or just things you read, words are really, really powerful. And you're essentially saying the most by saying the least. And when your mind sort of fills in the blanks, it's kind of like makes you work a little bit harder to understand what's really going on. Um, But I think in like a day and age where people's attention spans are really limited and there's like constantly a million things going on, like a million ads being sent your way, like emails in your inbox every second, the like less amount of words you use to get your point across, I feel like is really valuable. And even when it comes to social, like the old Twitter, at least before they extended the character account, like people were trying to get creative to say what they want to say, get their message across in like a certain character limit. Um, It's still the case when you do like LinkedIn ads or any kind of ad that you're putting out on a platform. So that's like a really important skill, I feel like, is just being able to spend time to get your words down and just get like the copy to be really succinct. And I feel like it does take a lot more time to do that than just writing something that is longer form. Yeah. And you only have six words and you start to switch those around and you start to look at like, oh, is this word better or is this? If I say icy versus snowy, like how does that change the entire story? If I say that the person is, you know, wild versus eccentric, like that's a very different thing. When you only have six, uh, and presumably there's probably some filler words in there, you have to be so careful and crafted with how you do that stuff. And like, that is the exercise worth doing. It really is. And I think that to the point of the uh, original Hemingway story with the uh, baby shoes never worn, I mean, it literally makes me tear up every time I hear that, that this tiny little story because it puts me, it makes me think of my own kid and the, all the baby shoes that we had for him uh, when he was a baby. And like, imagine if he wasn't there. It also puts you in, in the mind of, you know, people who have lost kids and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they had to get rid of those shoes in this similar way. It sparks so much like joy and emotion and all that sort of stuff. Another thing, Hemingway reportedly went and wrote a bunch of sequels to this and whether that's real or not. But basically all of the sequels to this story were intentionally not sad, whereas basically that the baby was way oversized when it was born. So it, it had already been too big for the pair of baby shoes. And so like, that's another thing that maybe some people's mind jump to that is that, oh, I guess he had a really fat baby uh, or a really big baby, or maybe it was a 13 pound baby or something like that. And then the shoes didn't fit like, you know, and so I, I think that there's as a marketer, there's so many different ways to do that. And you have to be so careful and craft. And if you need to tell a story in a thousand words, you need to be able to tell it in six first. Uh, and, and so often we don't do that. So let's do some examples here. So I, I've found a really good example is in the jewelry business. So you have a diamond is forever. A diamond. Is forever, De Beers. So you think about the story that that, and not six words, but close enough of this diamond that it's going to be in your family forever. It could be passed down from generations. Like, that's pretty interesting. He went to Jared, 
I feel like is great because that is a story, right? Kate, will you marry me? Yes. Attention, he went to Jared. It is, you know, this guy went to Jared and now this person is telling people that. It, so that's kind of fun. And then um, Every Kiss Begins with K is another really good one where, again, not six words, but um, but that, you know, obviously it's a play on the, the letter K, but also the fact that, you know, you give someone jewelry and you get a smooch. Uh, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty fun. Every kiss begins with K. And so it, I think that there's ways that, that companies do that stuff that it does have a little story there. And none of those things are talking features and benefits, right? It's like, they're not talking about how cheap it is. They're not talking about how easy it is to buy. They're not talking about any of that stuff. It's about emotional connection with the physical interactions that a diamond gives you or the longevity or the, the fact that you're giving someone a gift forever. Like those are, those are stories that are being told and I think are really interesting. Another industry that does this really well is um, food and beverages. So you have, I think it's Snickers, you're not you when you're hungry. I think that's so great. You're not you when you're hungry. Snickers satisfies. It like totally tells a story. And I think the ads that they come up with it really just like pull it all together. M&M has melts in your mouth, not in your hands. Again, great storytelling there. The milk chocolate melts in your mouth, not in your hand. There's Duncan. America runs on Duncan. America runs on Duncan. So, like, I feel like all of these brands are able to just paint a really clear picture by using, honestly, like less than 10 words in these examples. Um, but it's really, really cool just to see how playful they can get, especially when you're selling something like candy, you have an opportunity to kind of think outside the box and do that. When it comes to more like B2B companies or even B2C, some companies are also like a little creative with this. Um, like Allstate comes to mind. They, I think their slogan is you're in good hands with Allstate. For lots of ways to save, you're in good hands with Allstate. And their logo is like hands like coming together. So I thought that was kind of clever. I think that Allstate has a good slogan, but I think it's less of a story and more of um, more of a feeling or a comfort or whatever. Like I was thinking about like being an entertainment superstore, your one-stop shop or like whatever, that that's like product specific meaning like it's it's the service that they're providing the job that they're doing for you which is so valuable because it puts you in that mode of like yeah i need that i need the you know entertainment superstore or i need your halloween superstore uh shout out spirit or or whatever it is but you're so right that the the food and beverage is like you have to speak to emotion you have to speak to a moment in time you have to speak to something that's happening within your body or or within someone else's body whether it's your girlfriend or your boyfriend being hangry uh, and you need to get him a snickers or or whatever it is and I, I guess i should say too you don't need to tell a story like you could be those other things um but if you're not doing that you need to be telling a story with your marketing and you need to do it as as quick as possible because stories are memorable 
from the film side, this isn't exactly six words, but just talking about like a, a long movie that uses very, very sparse words is A Quiet Place. I think I looked it up. There's something like 25 voice lines of dialogue in the entire movie, which has, I think, like close to two hour runtime, if not more. Who are we if we can't protect them? We have to protect them. But in that sense, really, really, really powerful storytelling, super visual, doesn't lean on a lot of words. And in that sense, yeah, less is more. And it actually, they use the lack of dialogue to actually focus you on certain things um, in a really special way that you wouldn't have been able to do if people are talking the whole time and you can just check your phone. It's like you need to be looking and cued in to, to be along for the ride. It's really effective in that sense. I think another piece that's really important for this is that words on a page and words spoken to you are the ways that you can paint an extremely vivid picture in your audience or customer base's mind, right? That require nothing other than brain power, right? You just need to write the words. There's no visuals, there's no creative, there's no video assets, there's nothing else that needs to happen. And I think that that's the power of just picking the right ones and getting those out there. And there's so many different publishing platforms now that you can do that as an organization, but picking those words and being able to do that, whether it's via audio or via text is really interesting. And, uh, and not enough marketers are doing that. You know, we, we put a six word limit on this, but what are some other modern day examples of other things that have word limits. So I think the one that first came to mind was tweets have a 280 character limit. So right, these aren't word limits, but more characters, which is, a, I feel like, a very modern take on the six word story. Um, Instagram captions are limited to, to 2200 characters, but it's truncated at 125, meaning that like, when you're scrolling through posts, you'll see like the first 125 characters before it gets like shortened and you have to click on it to expand. So Facebook, Pinterest, LinkedIn, YouTube, they all have these like character limits. So for instance, like Pinterest in a title has a 100 character limit. Um, YouTube titles can only be 100 characters. But I would say that like character limits doesn't mean like optimal character numbers, meaning that like Often you want to have, you want to be more succinct with your titles, descriptions, whatever you're writing to get the most eyes on it, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, and AdWords also have a, I think it's 90 characters for AdWords. Um, and the, I think headlines are 30 characters and then description is 90 characters. And then there's like the paths, which I think are 15 characters. But you think about 30 characters as basically a six word story. And Google doesn't keep building all these new buildings with, uh, without people optimizing that, those, those character links. So clearly it's, it's important. Colin, what's up? I was going to add in some unofficial um, examples that I think are noteworthy, which are uh, like a YouTube thumbnail image. You only have a certain, like it, those matter so much, whether you click on them or not, like what the, the copy is. Similar with TikTok. And also like the podcast episode titles, like the only reason I will click on a podcast episode is based on what that episode title is. 
and there's no like word or uh, character limit necessarily, but it unofficially it matters matters a lot in the outcome. What are the like keywords that you feel like most get your attention? If it's a notable guest, I care about that, seeing their name. If it's a notable topic that I care about, those are probably the two biggest. Yeah, how tos for sure. Listicles, obviously, seven lessons, you know, things like that. That stuff always works well. And then I think the the story aspect of it is if you can tell a really short story and like how, you know, Jane Doe raised $2 billion. Like, that's a story, right? Like, oh, how'd they do it? All right, let's do some ones that we made up. Oh, I guess I should say before we get into this, that for our listeners, I highly recommend you do this. It was a ridiculously fun exercise to write a bunch of these. When you think about just like what you want to get across and how and why and the feelings that you're feeling and like what you're feeling in the moment. I just did this. It's like the start of winter time. So that sort of played into it. Um, and I was just after the holiday or just after like Thanksgiving. And so I was thinking about that stuff. It's a really fun exercise to write a bunch of six word stories and then to go back and kind of start recrafting them and putting in different words and stuff. So anyways, I highly recommend you do it. Um, uh, all right, Meredith, you got one for us. Yeah, I have like maybe two. And so the first one I came up with was I wish I'd known my grandmothers. Um, and so that was one. And then the second one was um, and I feel like you'd have to see it written out, but it would be life purpose, colon, cleaning up pet hair <laughs> is mine because yes. I have four animals. <laughs> Love that. So that's it. The baby shoes one inspired me. So I came up with some really sad ones and then a couple of funny ones. But um, my my sad one was empty dog food bowl collecting dust. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no. <laughs> Damn. Sorry. <laughs> it's Monday. Come on. Go easy. I'm, I'm sorry. It was like sad. And I was like, all right, Hemingway or whoever wrote that six word story was clearly in his feels. So let me channel some of that. Um, That's a good one. Yeah. And then I did like a more uh, timely one for Thanksgiving. That's I hate Thanksgiving. The vegan said. Oh, that's good. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. I like that. I've got a superficial one and then two deeper ones. No. My superficial is because I've been traveling and sick and letting people at Caspian down. Sick again, never traveling, I promise. <laughs> Not letting us down. <laughs> <laughs> never. And, uh, slightly deeper. Uh, recently started therapy, so I was in my fields as well. But alone discovered I like this guy. Uh, oh, that's uh, And then I just got married, so I had to go with some, <laughs> some lovey-dovey too. But... Uh, Lady, in retrospect, it was inevitable. Ooh, Aww. so cute. That's that nice. I like that. That's all I got. Damn. Very nice. Damn, I didn't do you? anything. So, Ian, all you. So, I have a snow day, memories made, deadlines missed. Oh, lovely. Yeah. I just, I was like, I couldn't get past like this idea of like, it's snowing and your kids are at home and like work gets delayed and like, who gives a shit? Because you know, you get to hang out with your kids. And then... I see it in a snow Oh, no, I have two more, sorry. Uh, two littles giggling with stolen chocolate. <gasps> oh, cute. Yeah, I like that one. And I then this it. one, this is my last one. An accidental nap cuddling with grandpa. Aww. Aww. So sweet. 
Those no, are also was... nice. Are we going to make a coffee Anywho. table book? I know, right? That's next up. <laughs> Remarkable <laughs> coffee mean... table, six word stories. Good stuff, y'all. Thanks so much for listening and uh, we'll talk soon. I thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for your patience. Well, that's it for today. I hope you got some good ideas for your B2B content. Thank you for listening to Remarkable. I'm Ian Faison, CEO of Caspian Studios. Remarkable is created by the team at Caspian Studios, B2B podcast as a service. Caspian also creates fiction series for B2B companies. So if you want a business thriller, you can learn more at caspianstudios.com. Hollywood style storytelling for B2B. And in today's episode, you heard from myself, Ian Faison, Colin Stamps, our podcast launch manager, Annika Das, B2B content marketing manager, and Meredith O'Neill, senior producer here at Caspian Studios. Remarkable was produced this week by Meredith O'Neill, mixed by Scott Goodrich, and our theme song is Solomon by Falak. Be remarkable and rise above the noise. <laughs>